Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And welcome to another edition of the State of the Saints podcast live on YouTube and Facebook Live. Thank you very much for tuning in. Really do appreciate your time. And I hope everybody had a great weekend. I know I did. <laughs> uh, special shout out to everybody, man, who uh, wished me uh, congratulations. Uh, on my marriage man for those that don't know your boy did get married get hitched over the weekend really excited about it man your boy click clack you know what I'm saying? <laughs> locked it up you know what i'm saying and i'm very excited about that so once again thank you all very much uh for your for your love and your support man you know what i'm saying as you know i got married over the weekend but it is time to get back to the new orleans saints and Talk about some New Orleans Saints news, man. Thank you very much uh, for spending your Monday night because that's what we're recording this or doing this live on a – is it Monday? Is it Yeah, Monday. Okay. <laughs> Time going so fast, man. But anyway, it is Monday, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Alvin Kamara, man. We're going to be talking about Alvin Kamara because Alvin Kamara uh, talked to the media, man, for the first time. I think this regular season he – Went about 17 minutes, man, and uh, he talked a little bit about some of the things that he was going through. And I do have a little clip for you all, you know, to talk about some of the things that he talked about. Something in particular was something something in the Who That Nation that we all have been wondering, okay? A lot of question marks. People have been asking what happened to Alvin Kamara, what's going on with Alvin, what happened, why wasn't Alvin Kamara the way that he used to be? Well, I think we kind of figured that out because Alvin Kamara kind of answered some of the questions that we had. And this is a little clip of Alvin Kamara discussing uh, some of the things that he had to endure last season. Week, I tore my knee basically. And I mean, that was something I was dealing with the whole season. Um, had to miss some time, which I don't like to do. Um, came back, tried to play as best I could, tried to manage it throughout the week. Um, you know, our training staff did the best they could. Uh, shout out to them, those guys, because I mean, they were working with me, I mean, behind the scenes every day, trying to, you know, get me as close to 100% or as close to AK, feeling like myself as I could. And, you know, I mean, I tried to put my best product out on the field. And, you know, sometimes it was it was enough, sometimes it wasn't. But, you know, I just didn't want to let my team down. So, I mean, so at times there was there were situations where, in my head, I'm like, I shouldn't be out here. But, you know, it's just that, that, that kind of urge in me to be like, I need to be here and help my team. You know, what if I'm not in and it's something I could have done, so – just dealing with that, it was it was frustrating. So, I mean, body language, obviously, I mean, not being able to move my leg how I want to. I mean, there was times where my body language was terrible, and I, and I know it. You know, um, yeah, you know, it's it's one thing to, for fans to say, but it's another, you know, with my teammates. You know, my teammates, that's all I'm really concerned about. You know, they, they knew what I was going through. And, you know, at times it's like, hey, okay, I know you're hurting, but come on. So I'm like, all right, come on, I got to snap back. But, you know, I'm, I'm healthy now, so I'm happy to be, be in this space now. Yeah, I think Alvin Kamara answered some of the questions that we had. And I think that pretty much clears it up, man. Like, I don't think that Alvin Kamara is making excuses about how he felt last season. I think a lot of people in the Who That Nation really gave him a hard time. And I'm not going to completely uh, just bury the, uh, the Who That Nation because I was one of those people, man. I was wondering what was going on with Alvin Kamara. And I guess I would became like one of the prisoners of the moment. You know what they say, you know, if you're in a jersey and you're on the field and you're available, then you're going to get critiqued. It was clear that Elvin Kamara wasn't the same. And, uh, you know, 
a lot of us, you know, we had our reasons, you know, to doubt him due to the fact that it was a contract year. But I think this pretty much clears it up. This is a guy that's a prideful guy. And I think that him just showing up to training camp, uh, being, you know what I'm saying, close to contract negotiations as he is, being on the last year of his contract, I think it says a lot about Alvin Kamara and his commitment to the New Orleans Saints. So I think we just need to close the door to that. But I do have to say that Alvin Kamara is ready to bounce back. I do feel like he is going to bounce back. And I think he's going to go back to the way that he was, probably even better. Uh, he he gained some weight. You know what I'm saying? He put on some muscle. It seems like he's trying to be a little bit more physical. And he worked on his lower body, man. You know what I'm saying? He became a little bit stronger, you know what I'm saying, in the legs and the thighs. So I think that's going to be helpful to him because he is the starting running back of the Saints now. And he is the area down back for the Saints. So if Alvin Kamara can bounce back, and I mean, I don't know if everybody heard the interview, but he even said he tore his knee. You know what I'm saying? He tore it. You know, so he has some ligament damage in his knee. He didn't even um, get any surgery or anything like that. He was out there playing. So I think that we need to give Alvin Kamara some respect in that regard. And I don't think we've seen enough out of Alvin Kamara to say that he can't bounce back. I mean, he played in the NFL for three seasons. Two out of those three seasons, you have to say he was one of the best running backs in the league. And even when he was hurt, he still had a respectable season, better than some guys possibly can have in, in an entire career. So Alvin Kamara, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he will bounce back, and I think he's going to have a really good season, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, so thank you all very much for those that just filed in, those that have been in the chat uh, since the beginning. Special shout out to Dwayne, uh, Casual Dex, Brian, Earl, Travis. Uh, oh, we got Kentario in here. We got Dak Christopher, Donovan. Thank you all very much uh, for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast and about to go ahead and open the floor up, uh, get some comments from you all. Uh that Christopher Connor says, about time, TJ, good wedding weekend. Yeah, man, it was a good wedding weekend, man. You know, I mean, married my best friend, man, the woman that I love. It, it was great, man. We got married on the beach, and, you know what I'm saying, I, I'm, I'm very happy about it. I'm looking forward to uh, our lives together, man, no doubt about that. You know what I'm saying? We got to get her on board the Who That Nation, man. You know what I'm saying? She's not a real big sports fan, but uh, we're we going to make sure that she's a card-carrying member of the Who That Nation in no time. <laughs> Uh, Brian says, I thought you were already married to your football team. <laughs> well, as much as I love the New Orleans Saints, I don't want to say I'm married to them, man, but I am fully committed uh, to giving you all the best show possible, you know what I'm saying, and just doing what I love to do, man, which is talk about the New Orleans Saints. Shouts out to Donovan. He says, who that? Uh, Dada Saints says, what's good, chat? And TJ, what's going on, Dada? Uh, we got Justin in here. Justin, I'm here on YouTube and Facebook, man. He doubling it up. Appreciate that, Justin, man. Shouts out to Justin, always, uh, you know, in, you know, always in the room. Uh, the State of the Saints podcast, top of the evening, who that, who that fans? I assume that's my brother EJ who is typing in, representing the State of the Saints podcast. So he in the building. So sometimes if you're on Facebook, it's probably my brother EJ, you know what I'm saying, controlling the Facebook handle. He is an administrator on the page too. So sometimes he might put topics and he also might comment to your your, your questions. You know what I'm saying? So we kind of double up on that. So shouts out to my big brother EJ, man. Shouts out to him holding it down. 
Uh, Jerry Poor says, State of the Saints, what up, TJ Jones, the host? Yes, sir. What's going on, Jerry, the OG of the State of the Saints podcast? We got Travis up in here. Travis says, congratulations on your marriage. I wish you and your family the best and a lot of money. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, man, you know, but I will say this, you know, doing what you love to do and being passionate about it, I'm already rich, man. Given, uh, given that I can get up here and be in front of a camera and get an opportunity to talk to you all and discuss New Orleans Saints and really do something that I really am passionate about, I'm already a rich man. I got a beautiful wife. I have a healthy son. I got a great family. I got a who that family. So I'm already rich, man. But thank you very much, Travis. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Dwayne says, uh, you have good taste. My wedding band. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, so you got the uh, the uh, Tustin um, car bride, too. OK, I, I, get, I get what you're saying, man. Look, I mean, I had to get something black, man. Y'all, I was going to get something black and gold, man. I was going to pick something out, you know what I'm saying, represent them, the black and gold. Even, you know what I'm saying, in, in, in matrimony, you know what I'm saying? But I decided just to go with the solid black. I just thought it was like a, a sleek look, you know what I'm saying? I didn't want to get nothing gold or silver or anything like that. I feel like that's kind of out of style. Uh, Earl says uh, he ain't worried about contract negotiations. Well, it don't seem like he is, Earl. I will agree with you on that. I don't feel like he has uh, issues with that at all. You know, it seems like, you know, he allowing the, the powers that be to handle that. It seemed like the Saints uh, kind of talked to him and, and and told him where they stand, and I, I I like that. You know what I'm saying? The fact that Elvin Kamara is at training camp, we won't have no ugly negotiations. Look, man, the Saints, the Saints understand what Elvin Kamara means to them. They understand that. They know what Elvin Kamara means to the organization, and um, I think that they probably had conversations with him, and I feel like he is going to do what's best uh, for him. And, he, and he's going to do his best for the organization because I think in the back of his mind, he thinks about the Saints, uh, you know, making a commitment to him. And uh, I think that they, they had conversations because there's no way um, Kamara would be as confident going into camp as he is if they didn't. So I think some conversations were had. Uh, shout out to Kimo. Kimo says, who that TJ and the who that family were going on, Kimo, man. And also, I appreciate, man, the, the the kind words that you send in the inbox, man, like always, man. Kimo always sending uh, positive energy, man, always uh, inboxing me, you know what I'm saying, rather be birthdays, or, you know what I'm saying, or just any uh, feat that the State of the Saints podcast have, man, he always showing love. So, shouts out to Kimo, man. Uh, Earl says he will be ready for this season. Yeah, it looks that way. It, you know, he looks in the best shape of his life. He looks like he looks like a, a starting running back now. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have that small stature anymore. Uh, and I feel like he's a little bit bigger and he bulked up. So that's a plus right there. That, that's a plus. Uh, the Truth Hurt says, uh, he says, yeah, Alvin Kamara was hurting last year. That's why he wasn't doing anything. Well, the Truth Hurts, um, I don't want to say that he wasn't doing anything. That's, that's, a, that's tough right there, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to say he wasn't doing anything. I, I, I would say that he wasn't what he normally was. You know what I'm saying? Because he still had 88 catches. You know what I'm saying? 88 catches in his first three seasons. You know what I'm saying? 88, 88, 88. You know what I'm saying? For three straight seasons, I should say. And um, he still had some respectable yards, man, even though he missed a few games. So I don't want to say that he wasn't doing anything. That's a 
I mean, that, that's a, that's tough to say, but I mean, I, I would say that he wasn't what we normally see him as, and um, you know, what I'm saying, I think that's what a lot of people were, you know, what I'm saying, like really confused about, you know, including myself. Like I said, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, and not throw myself under the bus because I was one of those people. If you go back into the archives of the State of the Saints podcast, I was very critical of him. You know, what I'm saying, rolling out of bounds. Uh, falling backwards when he could have fought extra yards, and now I see why, man. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. I, I will, I, I will do that. Uh, let's see, Ooh, man. We got quite a few up in here. We got quite a few. Uh, let's see. He's a warrior to just be out there. Yeah, he was. You know, like that goes to show you, you know, like how much love he has for the New Orleans Saints organization as well as his teammates, because. Anybody else probably would have went go sit on a bench and probably thought about their money, probably thought about the, you know what I'm saying, their longevity. But he was out there, man. And for him to be out there, I think that we in a Who That Nation need to give him the benefit of the doubt. We need to give him a, a break and cut him some slack. Because Alvin Kamara, make no mistake about it, he was making a career decision here. Being as good as he is, being a third-round pick, not really getting that much money, going out there and putting his best foot forward and having something tore inside of your knee. He only could have made things worse and he could have possibly did something that could have probably, you know what I'm saying? Like stunned his growth, stunned his ability to cut possibly could have made him not play football anymore. So I think we need to put that into perspective, man. And we know that Alvin Kamara is a straight shooter. This isn't like one of those guys where we have to question like, ah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. The thing that made us fall in love with Alvin Kamara was how real he was. Y'all, man, come on, man. Give me a break. Alvin Kamara, we we love how real he is. The fact that he walks around with no entourage. He walks around the French quarters like he's just a regular Joe Blow. He walks to the game. He lives down the street from the Superdome. And you know what I'm saying? He, he becomes like, you know, he becomes one of the people. And we, and that is one of the reasons we fell in love with him. I really is. So I feel like that's hypocritical and true hypocrisy at its best that we don't give this guy the benefit of the doubt. How on one hand can we say, oh man, Elvin Kamara real. He real. He one of the realest people I've ever seen in my life on one hand and then question his toughness and his willingness to be a New Orleans Saint on the other hand. You can't have it. You can't have it one way. You know what I'm saying? You can't have it one way or another. You know what I'm saying? You can't say, oh, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he real. And then on the other hand, be like, nah, like, you, you can't do that, okay? It's rather you have it this way or that way. And I, I trust Alvin Kamara because ever since he put on a Saints uniform, he's been a straight shooter. And with this interview, I, I mean, I, I really believe that he was speaking from his heart. He's a real dude. So I think that us in the Huda Nation – need to give him the benefit of the doubt, okay? Anybody criticizing Alvin Kamara after this is just one, it just a contrarian and just wants to go against the grain. This guy has been consistent, hardworking, and determined ever since he got into the league. So I think that we need to give him the benefit of the doubt. Robert Jackson II says, you can tell he was not healthy and it did not have nothing to do with missing Ingram. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I just feel like that was a theory, Rob. You know, I feel like that was just a theory that people had. You know, when things are not going the way that we 
are used to seeing them. We always try to find reasons why things aren't the norm. And Mark Ingram was the guy that, that kind of stood out because we saw the interviews uh, probably nine times out of 10 they did together. They were entertaining. Those guys were like joint at the hip. We love the camaraderie. We love the kinship between those two guys. And we felt like, well, maybe that's the, the issue. But I don't feel like it is because we all knew that one day there was a chance that Mark Ingram put, could possibly not be with the Saints, rather it be in free agency like it was, or retirement. And Alvin Kamara would have, have to, you know, pick up where Mark Ingram left off, which he has. So I don't feel like that was the issue. I never thought that was the issue, okay? So I just feel like we're always trying to find reasons why things weren't weren't the, the, the way that they were. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like with Alvin Kamara, I just feel like he was hurt. And I think this answered a lot of questions. To me, it did at least i don't know about you all but it, it definitely did to me so state of the saints uh that's my brother once again i'm not talking to myself <laughs> i think he has a chip on his shoulder and it is a contract year very dangerous time for the nfl for 2020 uh yeah you know i do think he have a chip on his shoulder and i think he has to uh he's gonna leave no stone left unturned ej you know Shout out to my brother who's still holding it down. <laughs> holding it down for the State of the Saints podcast. I, once again, I am not talking to myself. Uh, once <laughs> Casual Dick says, to, uh, to even go through the type of injury and still rack up 1,300 scrimmage yards is impressive. He's our guy and will excel this season. I agree, Casual. I, I agree with that 100%. It, it, it tells me a lot about Alvin Kamara and – I just gained some respect for that guy. I mean, I already had respect, but it seemed like it's even more. Let's throw down a little bit. Uh, Kentary, so TJ, I blame Sean Payton for a Kamara injury because he uh, could uh, use uh, Latavius Murray more uh, to save the wear and tear of Kamara. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo, Kentario. Absolutely. Look. I like Sean Payton. I like Sean Payton a lot. I'm forever indebted to what Sean Payton has brought to the Saints organization. He he made the Saints a legitimate franchise. Best coach the Saints ever had. But look, I, I get it. Okay. There's a difference between being hurt and being, you know, being injured. Coaches ask that question, are you hurt or are you injured? Okay. If you're hurt, that means that you can't play. If you're injured, that means that you have to walk it off. But I do feel like you have to save players from themselves, okay? When guys have concussions, coaches take their helmets away from them because they don't want the players to sneak into the game and possibly be out there to cause themselves hardship down the line. I think they need to have the same energy when it comes to these guys having knee, shoulder, and ankle, and foot injuries and stuff like that, okay? Because players only know one thing, and that's to go hard and play to the best of their ability. And when they hurt, they try to adjust. I think about Marshawn Lattimore, his rookie season, right? I think about Marshawn Lattimore hurting himself in his rookie season, and Marshawn Lattimore went back out there, and he ended up like, running and had to fall down on the ground 
And Sean Payton allowed him to come back into the game. Sean Payton didn't stop Marshawn Lattimore from going back into the game. It was Ted Ginn Jr. Ted Ginn Jr. was kneeling down in front of Marshawn Lattimore and was talking to him. And I'm pretty sure the conversation probably went like, look, dude, you're a rookie. You got a lot of promise. You got a lot of games ahead of you. Don't sacrifice all these games that's ahead of you for one game. Sean Payton didn't have that conversation with him. Defensive coordinator Dennis Allen didn't have that, that, that conversation with him. I feel like these play, these coaches sometimes, excuse me, these coaches sometimes can be hella selfish. And they think about their winning streak, their winning record, their playoff appearances. That's what they start to think about. And they know when these players are really seriously hurt. Okay? And I feel like with situations like this, we probably have to give people like Dalvin Bro a break. When he was criticizing Sean Payton and saying that Sean Payton was walking past him and and not really talking to him after he found out he was hurt, like I feel like that starts to legitimize what Dalvin Bro was saying. Because at first, I was very skeptical about Dalvin Bro. I was like, man, look here, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you were never on the field. It's no nobody fault. It's not. It's not nobody's fault but yours. How can you blame Sean Payton? But honestly, after knowing that Alvin Kamara tore his knee, had some, you know what I'm saying, had some ligament damage, and Sean Payton still allowed him to go out there, it's very, very selfish. And sometimes you have to save a player from themselves. And I feel like that that wasn't right. So, and, 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 and Kentario, you hit the nail on the head. Latavius Murray averaging 159 yards from scrimmage. So it wasn't like Latavius Murray wasn't doing his job. Latavius Murray was doing things that normally Latavius Murray not used to doing, like catching a ball from screen passes. He had his first touchdown on receiving in his NFL career last season against the Arizona Cardinals. So it wasn't like this guy was struggling and you needed Albert Kamara to come back. That was selfish on Sean Payton's behalf because like I said those players are not going to do what they're supposed to do because they know that those other players are looking at them and if they don't go back out there they could be labeled soft so sometimes you got to save those players from themselves and save their reputations by stepping in and saying hey man look I talked to the doctor that there you know there's a tear in your knee we need you down the stretch we're going to put you on ice it's not like you ain't got Dwayne Washington out there that can't run between the tackles. Played pretty doggone good in mop-up duty and against the Carolina Panthers when they had their starters out there. And you had Latavius Murray playing pretty well. So it's not like these guys couldn't collectively do a, a formidable job until Alvin Kamara comes back and be fully healthy. It's very selfish if that was the case by Sean Payton and the coaching staff because somebody has to save him from himself, okay? And it shouldn't just be Alvin Kamara because Alvin Kamara is only looking out for his teammates. So the coaches need to look out for him, straight up. Uh, Let's see. People, Murray is a beast, so I hope Peyton can get a balance between AK-41 and Latavius Murray. You saw how the offense looked when Latavius Murray was in there. Yep, Latavius Murray played pretty doggone good, man. Uh, Shouts out to uh, Tim. Uh, giving ten dollars commit a uh, Canadian. Oh, Canada! 
our true and native land. <laughs> Shouts out to Tim, man. He says, I'm going to have to say you saw who Elvin was in this interview. He was definitely hurt when his players said he could do better. I want Alvin to be the face of the Saints run game for the next 10 years. Thank you very much for the $10, Tim. I really do appreciate it. And you're absolutely right. <sighs> man, I hate talking about Sean Payton like this because, I, man, I love Sean Payton. But that was selfish. And um, I feel bad for Alvin Kamara, man, because I, I know how it is, man. Peer pressure for, for a football player is tough. I mean, I'm pretty sure anybody ever played football, y'all understand that. It's tough, man, because, I mean, football is a tough guy sport, okay? I mean, when when we think about the NFC Championship game a couple years ago when the Chicago Bears played the Green Bay Packers, I think that was back in 2010. And I think Caleb Haney actually came into the game for Chicago Bears because Jay Cutler ended up getting hurt. And we remember Jay Cutler like riding on the exercise bike. And people was like questioning Jay Cutler like, okay, man, if you can come back out there and ride on a bike, then why you ain't on the field? Why you ain't on the field? Turns out that Jay Cutler tore his ACL. But my thing about it is, who the hell, excuse my French, told Jay Cutler to go back out there? Somebody should have been like, look, man. You, you know, your your knee is, is hurting right now. We don't know what's going with it. It could be an ACL, MCL. We're not sure. We're going to keep you in the locker room. They allowed him to go back out there to ride on a bike and subject himself to scrutiny, okay? And that always hung over the head of Jay Cutler, okay? I mean, you can say what you want about Jay Cutler. Yeah, up and down career. Wasn't the best quarterback in the world. Look, I get all that. But at the same time, a lot of that stemmed from that particular moment in the NFC Championship game against the Green Bay Packers, why he didn't go back in. Because people will always refer to that and be like, well, Phillip Rivers tore his ACL and played in a divisional round against the Indianapolis Colts. So what's wrong with Jay Cutler? Why he can't take, uh, play with ACL? Uh, Carson Wentz, he tore his ACL and his LCL and still managed to get a quarterback sneak, you know what I'm saying, and play in a game against the Los Angeles Rams. Why can't Jay Cutler, you know what I'm saying, like even though that's, you know what I'm saying, like years ahead, you know what I'm saying, but when Carson Wentz uh, tore his ACL to LCL, but y'all get the point. All I'm saying is you got to protect these players from themselves because these players only know one speed, and that's 100 miles per hour. You know what I'm saying? That's it. So I feel like that was selfish. And it wasn't like, okay, uh, let me see. Tim says, your home and native land. My, my bad. My bad, Tim. <laughs> my bad. I didn't mean to disrespect your, uh, your national anthem, but I just uh, I just knew that, that first part. Thought I'd just uh, sing a little bit of it, okay? But I'll make sure next time I sing it, I say, your home and native land. <laughs> but thank you very much, Tim. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Uh, let's see. Uh, Michael Alexander says, uh, you think Al will play uh, more um, in the slot this year? Being that we have Ty Montgomery, or you think we will use him more between the tackles? Well, I think you're going to use Alvin Kamara in a, a, in a multiple, uh, multiple ways. Excuse me. I think you'll use him in multiple ways. I think you'll use him running between the tackles, catching out of backfield. We know that he's really good on a wheel route. 
And I think you're going to use Ty Montgomery. I don't think Ty Montgomery was an insurance policy at all. Um, I think a lot of people thought that Ty Montgomery was signed because, you know, just in case Alvin Kamara has some contract issues and doesn't doesn't play, Ty Montgomery can slide in. I don't think that Ty Montgomery was signed because of that. But I think that Alvin Kamara is going to play different positions. I think that he is going to uh, – I think he's going to play a little bit of receiver. I think that the Saints are going to kind of use him like they've been using him. They probably open up the playbook since he's been with the organization going on his fourth year. So uh, I think you're going to see him unleashed this season. Off topic, uh, do you think uh, what Drew Brees said will have an effect on how the team view him? Because when he said, I was like, it's Winston time now. Uh Nail 504, no, I don't. Uh, I think that that's passe. I think it's over. Luckily, this is the positive uh, point of this. Luckily, it happened a couple months ago, and they gave the, the teammates an opportunity to uh, start the healing process. If this was like a couple weeks ago, I'd be concerned. But I'm not concerned any longer, and I don't think anybody is uh, still holding Drew Brees' foot to the fire for his comments and uh I, I think that people are over it i think that a lot of people uh still have respect for drew Brees, and who knows man the conversations that they had in between you know there's a lot of time that has passed between those comments and uh, we only know so much folks you know i mean i know the media comes out with different stories for us to uh kind of dissect but we really won't know the whole truth and stuff that go on behind the scenes the stuff that the media don't have their hands on so i'm pretty sure that the saints organization uh drew Brees, the team uh had these conversations and continue to have these conversations and continue to uh you know um start the building process and 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 the men and the healing process and i think that by the time the season start guys are going to be on the same page so i don't think that's going to have anything to do with it if i was I'm going to be honest with you. If this happened a couple of weeks ago, I'd be concerned. But this happened month about a month and a half, two months ago. So that's a, that's a plus. Uh, Robert says, people, Murray is a beast, and I hope Peyton can get a balance between AK and Latavius Murray. You saw how the offense looked when he was in there. I think I already read that. But, I mean, I, I think that is worth reading again. Uh, let's see. I already read that. Let's see what Jerry has to say. He says, stay the Saints podcast. Hey, TJ, do you think college football will go on this year or next year with everything going on right now? What do you think? Uh, I think that college football, they're going to try to do their best to try to make sure that they actually have a season. Uh, but there's only so much you can do. And college football is a little bit different from the NFL. Why and how? Well, I'll tell you. Um, the difference is, is in college football, you have guys like Jamar Chase, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields, uh, guys like that who are going to be top draft picks and they're not making any money in college. <laughs> like, So why would you try to go out there and put yourself at risk, even though they said that they want to play? You know, you got to think about that from a contractual uh, monetary standpoint. OK, uh, college football, as fun as it is and want to win a national championship and want to be around your guys and make one more run at it. I mean, it, that's fine. But at the same time, 
you're trying to be drafted high. You're trying to get the most money that you can possibly get. And I don't think, like me personally, Jamar Chase, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, I don't feel like they could do anything but harm their draft stock. Like if Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first overall pick in the NFL draft, whether he takes a snap for Clemson this season or not, Jamar Chase is going to be a top five pick, whether he take a snap for LSU or not. Justin Fields is going to be a top 10 pick regardless he take a snap from Ohio State or not. So it's not like these guys are going to make their draft stock any better, any worse. But for those other players that are on a bubble that can probably up their stock, it probably be hurtful to them. But I do feel like college football is going to do their best to try to make sure that they get a good product on the field, but not at the expense of Harmony's young players. Okay. So, um, at, at this particular point, I think it's 70-30. I think there's a 70% chance that there will be a college football season, about a 30% chance that they won't. So that, that's, that's how I feel about that. Dollar Saints fan says, I've been married 19 years and have a 20-year-old uh, son. And all I can say is marriage has its ups and downs, but it's good that you marry someone you have something in common with. I will say that. Well, I mean, look, I don't know, man. I mean, I only been married for about, <laughs> let's say about about thirty. I'm, well, not even twenty. Well, have I been married for? Nah, I guess like about twenty seven hours. I guess you know what I'm saying. Like, I only been married for about a, about a cup of coffee. So, I mean, I'm a, I'm new at this thing. So, hopefully, you know, like I said, I I do my best and do my part. You know what I'm saying? My my wife is wonderful you know what i'm saying I, i'm blessed to have her in my life and uh you know she's the one that makes me a better person she makes me work harder she makes me want to uh be the best man i can possibly be so i mean we're going to continue to strive you know i feel like if you put god first in your life uh you allow him to take the first step and you follow him i think that you, you'll be just fine so that's the way that i feel about it so we're going to allow the Lord to order our steps and we're going to follow him and look towards him for guidance. And I'm pretty sure we're going to have a wonderful marriage. Well, I know we're going to have a wonderful marriage. Uh, Kimo says, uh, don't be surprised if you see Alvin run uh, the CPL people. Uh, let's see over this year with the new weight and muscle he put on. Uh, yeah, man, I'm thinking the Saints going to um, really use him in different ways. They probably use him in a power running game as well so that might help him and latavius murray because latavius murray was like the power back guy you know what i'm saying when he you know the power old and you know what I'm saying running run up the middle so but i just hope they use latavius murray more because he's a really good player one thing i can say about ak-41 is that he stepped up when he was really needed when breeze got hurt yeah yeah he did i mean latavius murray did too so I think that they both uh, did a really good job. So, I mean, you have to be very optimistic about the running game uh, post-Drew Brees. See if we got any um, any more comments right here. Let's see. You keep on losing my spot. Brian says, uh, when you have a quarterback on your football team, you need players around him to help him out. And what rookie quarterback do you think is going to have a good season? And congratulations. Well, I appreciate that, Brian. Uh, what rookie quarterback do I think is going to have a good season? 
I think that Justin Herbert is going to have a really good season. Um, I think a lot of people are questioning Justin Herbert because him coming out of Oregon, a lot of people question his leadership, but I don't think that's going to have anything to do with the way that he plays. I think that Justin Herbert is going to show people that he is more tougher than they're giving him credit for. So I think Justin Herbert is really going to have a good season you know, at, at quarterback uh, for the Los Angeles Chargers. So I, I like him a lot. I think that, uh, you know, it, it's going to be uh, a good season, good solid season for him. Wouldn't be surprised if he, he wins uh, offensive rookie of the year. I, I have a lot of respect for Justin Herbert. And I think that that game against Wisconsin, that showed me that he was a baller and it showed me how tough uh, he really was. So there you go. Um, Joe Burrow, I think he's going to have some ups and downs. You know, I think that I look at uh, Joe Burrow and I know we like him in a who that nation. A lot of people wanted him to be a New Orleans Saint. I got so many inboxes. Do you think Joe, uh, Joe Burrow going to come to the Saints, this, that, and the third? But I will say this. I think a lot of um, Joe Burrow's passes could have been interceptions. You know, I mean, I think that he's going to have some growing pains out there in Cincinnati. I don't think he's just gonna light it up like he did at LSU. I think it's gonna he's gonna have some some ups and downs. I mean, that's just my honest opinion about that. But I think that uh I think just uh Justin Herbert, he he's going into a better situation. I don't think the Chargers are, are as bad as their record indicated last season. I think that Phillip Rivers just kind of regressed. Father Time is undefeated, and I feel like with a good defense like the Chargers have with Melvin Ingram and uh, Joey Bosa on, you know what I'm saying, like pressuring the quarterbacks, you know what I'm saying, I think that they're, they're going to be a pretty solid team. Kimo says him and Mike T, to name uh, CPL people, will keep the Saints relevant for the next uh, for years to come. Yeah, I agree with that, Kimo. You know, I, I think so. I think that those guys are going to be the face of the franchise for the foreseeable future. And I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I really am. I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, the Saints and some of these guys step up, you know, and not looking like even with Drew Brees playing this season, I want to see guys step up. I'm, I don't want to see the same old usual suspects, you know, like Drew Brees and, you know what I'm saying? I want to see other guys step up and, and, and really play, you know, and, and, and really lead this team. Like we seen like in, in Denver back in 2015, we seen people like Von Miller in the, in the Denver defense step up, you know, because, um, you know, Peyton Manning was on his last leg. I want to see that from the Saints. Uh, let's see. I already read, read that already. Uh, Michael says, uh, you think uh, Al will play more slow? I already read that one too. Let me slide down a little bit more. Uh, Emmanuel Jones Senior, um, which is my brother EJ. Alvin Kamara's stats for 2020 will be 180 carries, 1,178 yards, 75 catches for 870 yards. Well, he calling this shot right there with those stats. Um, I don't know. I think he might have a little bit more rushing yards than passing yards because I really feel, I really feel like uh, he probably have about 1,300 uh, rushing yards. I think he probably gonna have like about 80 catches like he normally has. Uh, I think he's gonna have a much so, a, a much more solid season. I think we're gonna see him go over a thousand yards this season, as long as he stays healthy. 
chosen what's going on man he says first off let me say congratulations on the baby uh and who that i feel just tuning in what's the latest on uh ak-41 um well well nah, nothing really you know what i'm saying he just kind of talked to the media and um what i do is i play that clip again so uh, people that just tuned in be able to check it out but this is what alvin kamara said to the media and um, i encourage everybody you can check out the 17 minute interview on the state of saints podcast on facebook but this is alvin kamara speaking to the media about you know his injuries and dealing with injuries on last year week i tore my knee basically and i mean that was something I was dealing with the whole season. Um, had to miss some time, which I don't like to do. Um, came back, tried to play as best I could, tried to manage it throughout the week. Um, you know, our training staff did the best they could. Uh, shout out to them, those guys because, I mean, they were working with me, I mean, behind the scenes every day, trying to, you know, get me as close to 100% or as close to AK, feeling like myself as I could. And, you know, I mean, I tried to put my best product out on the field. And, you know, sometimes it was it was enough, sometimes it wasn't. But, you know, I just didn't want to let my team down. So, I mean, so at times there was there were situations where in my head I'm like, I shouldn't be out here. But, you know, it's just that 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 kind of urge in me to be like, I need to be here and help my team. You know, what if I'm not in and it's something I could have done. So just dealing with that, it was it was frustrating. So, I mean, body language, obviously, I mean, not being able to move my leg how I want to. I mean, there was times where my body language was terrible and I, and I know it, you know. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's one thing to, for fans to say, but it's another you know, with my teammates, you know, my teammates, that's all I'm really concerned about. You know, they, they knew what I was going through. And, you know, at times it's like, hey, okay, I know you're hurting, but come on. So I'm like, all right, come on, I got to snap back. But, you know, I'm, I'm healthy now, so I'm happy to be be in this space now. Yeah, I mean, Alan Kamara, he pretty much answered all the questions that we had, man. So um, I think that Alvin Kamara is going to have a bounce back season. I think he's going to have a little bit more than what, my brother EJ said 1178, which is a pretty solid season. I think he might have between 12, 1300 yards. So looking forward to that. Ren, what's going on, man? He says Kamara is the most important player that makes us go. I believe he has a chip on his shoulder for this season. A lot of people saying the chip. Yeah, man, I don't know, man. I don't feel like he played <laughs> bad enough for him to have a chip on his shoulder. Now, you can create one, but even Al Kamara at his worst was still better than some or most running backs in the league. So I, I just think that he wants to be better every single year. I, I do feel that way. Bobby Cross says, uh, Saints ran this young blood into the ground knowing he wasn't healthy. If true, that's incredibly selfish of Coach Sean Payton. I agree. I agree. No said. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 man, I don't know, even know what to say on that. You know, I feel like, I feel like that's the most selfish thing in the world. If you have a player that's hurt and you're only thinking about yourself and, and not thinking about that player's future and protecting that player from himself, you know, I mean, if he does, if he did that, then that's, that's pathetic, you know, but I don't know. I mean, I wasn't there, but I feel like any coach that puts their player in harm's way for a couple games, and it wasn't like the Saints were horrible or something like that. They had a winning record. You didn't have to use him like that. You could have protected him from himself and be like, man, we need you. Uh, I might have missed it, but I'm pretty sure someone asked, but what do you feel about not having a preseason? Will it help or hurt? 
Uh, now, uh, I, I feel like for the players that are on a bubble, it hurts them because you don't know what they're doing in a real-time situation. You don't know what they'll bring to the table. You don't know what they have. You don't know what you're seeing in, uh, you know, in practice. It's just a, you know, aberration. You don't know. That hurts them. But it also benefits some of those players that are familiar with the playbook. Um, it won't hurt anybody like Drew Brees or Michael Thomas, or Alvin Kamara, because they understand the playbook. And I, I think we all know what type of players they are. But it does hurt hurt those players that are on the bubble and those rookie players that don't have mini camp, don't have OTAs and not having real-time reps and the first time they're actually going to see the field in a real-time situation is when the games matter most. So I think that's going to hurt them. Okay, CPL is short for couple, TJ. You know, I did not know that. I did not know that, Kimo. You know, like, Kimo, emojis and, 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 and abbreviations are like buses, right? I say this all the time, okay? There's so many... Uh, abbreviations, you know, saying we know LOL, laugh out loud, uh, you know, uh, LMAO, laughing by you know what off. Uh, man, we know about those, right? And there's a couple that I really, man, I just don't know, okay? I, I didn't got off the bus when it comes to abbreviations, okay? So some of these abbreviations, I'm not gonna know, you know, what I'm saying I got off the bus with LOL and you know, and, and stuff like that, so. <laughs> so you put cpl on there i don't know what that means you know what i'm saying i don't know if i don't know if that's an abbreviation or a new type of a uh, trucker license i don't know you know what i'm saying <laughs> like, oh i don't know you know like i don't know what it is you know and, you know I, I, <laughs> I don't know if you try to be a truck driver uh you know what i'm saying a new form of license for a truck driver are you telling me another abbreviation i don't know i didn't got off that bus though but I appreciate you telling me, Kimo, because I wouldn't have known, man. <laughs> uh, Jordan and Davenport 2020 make the Saints defense great again. Well, the Saints defense is already good, in my opinion, E. I just think that the biggest issue that the New Orleans Saints face is giving up big plays in crucial moments. I mean, I had this conversation with Mike Triplett last week. And, you know, I mean, it's it, like I said, it's driving a car. You got a 45-minute commute, driving really good. 44, 44 minutes into it, you, you hit a fire hydrant. You know what I'm saying? So it negates all that good driving that you did. It's the same way with the defense. Play good, good, solid defense all game, and nobody remembers that because you gave up a big play at the end. So I already think they're pretty good. If they give up, if they stop giving up big plays and moments that matter most, I think they'll be okay. TJ, do you believe the Saints will sign a veteran cornerback or lean heavy on those two undrafted free agents, uh, Ellis and Washington? Well, I'll tell you this. This is how it's going to go, Dada. If the Saints don't get anybody in the free agent market, that means that these two guys that you just named did an outstanding job in training camp. If you hear that the same signed cornerback such and such, then probably means that those guys aren't doing a, a good job. Okay. But um, I think that we need to give these guys an opportunity. And if these guys can't rise to the occasion, that'll be the best thing for the New Orleans Saints because you get to save money, right? You get to save money or you get to go out here and get somebody that is still out there. So 
meant to say wedding, not baby, but you know. <laughs> well, I, I know what you meant, man. I, I mean, everybody know Pac, you know, everybody know Paxton by now, you know what I'm saying? Paxton won, so yeah, he didn't been on the show a couple of times, so y'all y'all already know, you know. I'm not pushing them out like that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> but I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much, man, for uh for your congratulations, man. I appreciate that, man, for your well wishes. Kamara is the most important player to make us go. I believe he have a chip on his shoulder. I agree with that. AK is going to be Marshall Falk like this season, 2000 all-purpose yards. Timothy Sullivan uh, is uh, is really confident in Alvin Kamara. You know, 2000 all-purpose yards, my goodness. I, mm, I don't know about that, but I think that he's going to have a good, solid season. I just think that the Saints have a lot of weapons in a way that uh, – Drew Brees distributes the ball. I don't think he have 2,000, but he's going to have a really good, solid season, like a really good season, maybe even borderline all-pro. The Truth Earth says, uh, congratulations, TJ, the host of the State of the Saints podcast on that marriage. I appreciate that, the Truth Earth. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. Much love to you. Thank you. Uh, we got to be balanced with Kamara and Murray. And Kamara has a big chip on his shoulder. I believe he's one of the best dual threat backs in the league. I agree with that. Um, the, the thing about Alvin Kamara that we, I don't know, some of you probably know, uh, some of you may not, is the fact that Alvin Kamara, you know, he works out with the wide receivers too to work on his hands and the route running ability. I mean, not only does this guy wants to be a better running back, running in between the tackles and, you know, catching the ball and, going, you know what I'm saying, with the halfback tosses and stuff like that. But he wants to be a better receiving running back as well. And I do think that he tries to make himself more and more elite and more and more, you know what I'm saying, beneficial to his team. So I, I love that about Alvin Kamara. And uh, I'm looking forward to, like, looking at um, the way that he plays and the way that he, you know, what he brings to the game as far as the offense is concerned for the Saints. Uh, A.J. Pierce says, with all the transactions going on with the team, do you still got the Saints going 11-5? and five? Uh, Yes, I do. Uh, I still think the Saints are going 11-5. and five. Uh, I look at the fact that the New Orleans Saints uh, uh, are playing against the AFC West. I look at the fact that the New Orleans Saints are playing in the NFC South, and they're going to be better. I don't think that uh, the NFC South – it's going to be an easy feat. I'm not buying what the people selling in Carolina, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, selling for Carolina, excuse me, being one of those teams that are not going to be, uh, you know, a good solid team. I think they're going to be better than a lot of people think they are. And I think that the Saints are going to have some tough games because the fact that the Saints have won the division three straight years, the fact that the New Orleans Saints are one of the standards uh, according to pro football focus they're the second best team in the league so the saints are going to uh, be one of those teams that teams try to uh, match themselves up against you know and, and measure themselves up against and be like man are we as good as this team okay so you don't have to win a super bowl for a team to feel like you are the standard okay you might be like kansas city chiefs may be the top standard but the New Orleans Saints can be a standard in their own right because, you know, people look at Drew Brees. They look at the Saints and the veterans and the head coach and Sean Payton, and they'd be like, okay, let's measure ourselves up against these guys. A lot of people saying these guys are great. Well, I think we're pretty doggone great too. 
So the Saints might be getting a lot of teams' best shot this season. So uh, let's keep that, you know, in mind. But I do think they're going to uh, be 11 and five. Uh, Cross says, what are your thoughts on Rose Callaway and uh, Bachi uh, making the team? Callaway was a good return special teams, so that's a plus for him. Uh, Cross, I think that all those guys that you just named have opportunity to make the team. Okay, I don't think that players that come out of college and had good, solid college careers, that doesn't mean that they're going to be great pros. Um, Roach, you know, it, it was a great linebacker slash defensive end. Uh, for the Texas Longhorns, and look, I get it. You know what I'm saying? I, I know that Bachi was a four-year starter at Michigan State. That's a plus. You know what I'm saying? He was a leader and a captain of the defense his senior year. And Marquise Callaway always had the talent and the determination and the confidence, but he played on a Tennessee team that wasn't very good. And I think that we found a diamond in rough like Alvin Kamara on one of those Tennessee teams. But, but all these guys that you named have opportunity to make the team. It's up to them to really maximize their opportunities, okay? Take advantage of them. Don't, don't leave no stone left unturned. When your name and your number is called in a rep, make sure that that's the best rep possible, even if you're being called to block, okay? So if those guys do that, or if they play well on special teams, which most likely at least two out of those three guys that you named are probably going to uh, make the team based on their special teams ability, then I think they'll be just fine. But if they don't, then nine times out of 10, they won't make the team. And uh, right now, you know, it's kind of hard because once again, no CAs, no mini camp, no rookie camp and no preseason. So you really got to go put your best foot forward. Brian says, do you think it's going to be hard for players in NFL to play without fans in the stands this year? That's a good question, Brian. I agree. Uh, I, I like that question. I agree that it might hurt them to a certain extent. When you're a football player and you know and you're known for hearing crowds and stuff like that and, and feeding off their energy, you know, I, I just think that it might affect them. But it's only if you're weak-minded, okay? Uh, you know, like you want the fans to be hyped and 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 and, and lit, you know what I'm saying, and cheering for you and stuff. But at the end of the day, you're a professional. You're a professional and your job is to go out there and do your job rather than your offense or defense. And yeah, it probably, you know what I'm saying, will bother you or feel weird that nobody's cheering when you're at home. But the objective in any game is to make sure that you have more points than the other team. And if the Saints go out there and they play and they approach these games like they would as an away game where about 95, 96% of the time, the, the crowd is cheering for the opposite team, I think they'll be okay. In the last couple of seasons, the Saints have had one of the best road records in the NFL. So maybe they just need to approach it like that and not pay so much attention to not having fans in the stands and focusing on doing your job to the best of your ability. So that's what I think about that. Timothy says, uh, TJ, do you think the defense can become the top defense in the league? I heard Alex Azalone talking about top five, strive for best in history. Uh, you should reach somewhere at your goal. Timothy, that's a good point. You know what I'm saying? Great name, by the way. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think that the defense can be one of the top defenses in the league. But it starts with the person that you just named, people like Alex Azalone staying healthy. 
we need Davenport. We need Rankins. Uh, we need Jordan. Uh, we need uh, Kiko Alonzo. We need these guys to come through and uh, stay healthy. We need the secondary to stay healthy. We don't need guys falling off and being hurt and missing substantial amount of time. We need all these guys, all hands on deck in order for the Saints to be a top elite defense. Can't have that if we have people like Azalone constantly getting hurt. So uh, I think they can be, but it will have to take all guys coming out there collectively, working together and 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 not, you know, dealing with in injuries. Cross says, I called Dietrich Nichols back at least see what he can do. You can never have enough corners after Lattimore and Jenkins. It gets dicey. Yeah, I agree, Bobby. You know, I don't know why they got rid of the guy. Um, you signed him out at XFL. Uh, you know, he was the guy that led the XFL in interceptions. I don't know. I don't know why they did that. I don't know if it was depth. I don't know if they felt like the other guys were better. But the Saints organization, they have been doing a good job as far as with free agency and also with the draft. So I'm going to give them a the benefit of the doubt, Bobby. Maybe they saw something in some of these other young players. Rather it was money, rather it was uh, size. They probably just thought that they were better than what Dietrich Nichols can bring to the table. What's going on? Shouts out to my guy, DJ Hopkins, man. One half of the NFC South versus the NFL. He says, TJ, Bucks all day, baby. Congrats on the marriage. Man, shouts out to DJ, man. Um, as delusional as he is, you know what I'm saying, talking about the Bucks, I still love him, man. That's my guy. <laughs> but thank you very much, man. I appreciate the well wishes, bro. But um, I, I want to, you know what I'm saying, I want to make sure that we get you on the show, man. I see you saying plug me in. I'll make sure I get you on here, man. We can – we can talk a little bit. I know we had Mike on the show last time. So, man, if you're not doing nothing, you know what I'm saying, later on in the week, you know what I'm saying, we can text and maybe, you know what I'm saying, get a show started. We can talk about that week one game, you know what I'm saying, get you on the show. So, shouts out to DJ, man. Appreciate you. Uh, Troll says, uh, who that? Man, what's going on, man? Appreciate you coming through. Ramsey says, uh, do you think it might be better for the NFL to wait and play in the spring like college? Uh, no, um, I really don't. I think they need to uh, take a shot at this. Uh, if they can't get things under control, then cancel the season, you know what I'm saying? And then come back, at, you know, maybe a month, two months, kind of like the NBA did. Now you're not going to be able to do a bubble, but probably around this time with all the stuff coming out with the world health organizations and, uh, the CDC and information, um, given by Dr. Fauci, you know, I think that, I think that you'll be able to, you know, be able to start a season, but by no means, you know, you go out there and, you know, put these guys in harm. Wait, when, when guys start to like really start to, you know, get affected by what's going on, you cancel the season. But as long as, you know, you can keep things under control, why not give it a shot? Troll says, congratulations on the marriage, TJ. Salute, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for the $5. I appreciate that as well, man. Thank you so much. Um, You know, I mean, I'm happy, man. Shouts out to my wife. <laughs> uh, My brother EJ says, I believe that it will be helpful for the Saints to be more of a thunder and lightning combo. I think Murray has to get more touches in the fourth quarter. Maybe implement Kamara and Murray in the backfield together. Yeah, I mean, 
I would like to see two back sets. I think that the Saints can kind of benefit from that. And I also think that they need to start running the football, controlling the time of possession, wearing down the defense. You have the guys to do that. But it takes patience. Uh, it takes consistency. And it, it takes a, a, a coach that's not stubborn, okay, and not one to parade a 41-year-old quarterback out there, to throw the football all over the place to make himself feel good and to beat himself on the chest and keep and make himself a little bit closer to Canton, okay? You can't think about your Canton bust when your team needs to run the football, all right? So as long as you do that, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be all right. I don't know about y'all, but I think they'll be okay. Inevitable expect, uh, inevitable uh, expertise says, I say 12 and 4. We're going to lose to the Raiders, Atlanta, Chicago, and Kansas City. I still say 11 and 5. Um, I remember I did a show going down, the, you know, breaking down the schedule. I, I don't remember who I said they were going to lose to, but I can see them, you know, being 12 and 4. I mean, they probably can squeeze a game in. I don't care, man, as long as they make the playoffs and get through the playoffs. That, that's all I care about. Mike, what's going on, Mike? Mike says, uh, TJ, I agree with your reasons. Why do you think they're going to be 11-5? and five, But I don't see us losing more than four games. Okay, I mean, you're entitled to that, Mike. I'm not mad at that. I, I'm not saying that I'm the, the most correct and right guy in the room. You know what I'm saying? I just uh, broke it down, you know, what I thought. Um, you could be right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see inevitable, you know what I'm saying? He said 12-4. and four. Mike, I don't know what you're saying as a, uh, as a record, but you know, hit me up, man. Let me know. Well, okay, he's, uh, you know, no, nah, I don't see it. Mike, uh, just let me know if uh, what you think their record is going to be. You know, what you you think they're going to be 13 and three, 14 and two. You know, but I, I do think that you know teams get better every season. I think the NFC South is going to be better, and uh, you know they're playing the AFC West, so. I mean, those are going to be some tough games. I mean, the Chargers always play the Saints tough. Kansas City are the Super Bowl champions. Um, the Raiders are getting better, so you never know. Brian says, uh, what do you think about Wayne Johnson buying, I guess you mean Dwayne Johnson, the Rock, buying the XFL Football League? Well, I think that was a great investment for the Rock. A guy that's worth over two hundred million dollars uh, gets about twenty million dollars a movie. Uh, one of the highest grossing, if not the highest grossing, actor in Hollywood. Um, you know, I, I think that um, it's, it's good for him. He only bought it for fifteen million dollars. I think that he'll put the right people in place and uh, try to make a run at it. I think that with Vince McMahon owning the XFL, I don't think that Vince McMahon has a passion for football the way that I feel like Dwayne Johnson has. The fact that he he went to the U. He played on those Miami teams, you know, so the national championship teams. He loves football. He's passionate about football, and I'm pretty sure he's he, he one of those people that smart enough to know what he doesn't know, and he's going to get the people that know what they're doing to run the operations, and he can reap the benefits of everything. I feel like with Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon just likes to compete. He just likes to compete against people. I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, you know that he competed against Ted Turner and WCW all those years. Uh, he competed with guys in the territories, you know, back in the day where guys uh, own certain territories. He would go in and get some of their top wrestlers and buy them out, 
you know what I'm saying? His his contract he had with TBS back in the day, you know, so he's a competitor. He he just likes to compete with guys. And I don't think he had the passion for the game of football. It was just the fact that he just wanted to give the proverbial middle finger to the, the NFL and say, well, anything you can do, I can do better. But with The Rock, he probably understands like, okay, well, I'll never beat out the NFL, but I'll make sure I give them the best alternative. So I think that was a smart move by The Rock. Mike says, I think Sean Payton uh, should implement more RPOs and offense going forward to really maximize the efficiency of Drew and our ability to run the ball. Yeah, I, I think so, Mike. I think that would be a good look. But I also think they need to start running RPOs where Taysom Hill a little bit more uh, up the playbook, give him more snaps. Um, I'm not sure if the Saints are just going to say, well, you know, you are the true successor to Drew Brees. But I do feel like they need to uh, implement him more because he is a dynamic quarterback. And um, you can utilize the RPOs with him because you really don't know if he's going to run or pass. So it has a stronger enough, it has a strong ability and a strong enough chance for uh, it to be more successful than Drew running it because everybody know that Drew is, is a, a statue in the pocket. Uh, Tim, thank you very much for the $5. Canadian, once again. Aside from Kamara, I'm actually looking forward to seeing if Alex Azalone can last because I'm sensing a big season for him. Look, Alex Azzalone, like his his ability to play has never been on trial. It's always been him being hurt. He reminds me of a lot of a poor man, Sean Lee. As you know, Sean Lee coming out of Penn State was a good, solid linebacker. Got to the NFL, could have easily been one of the best linebackers and probably had a Hall of Fame career, but he could never stay healthy. Always was a hamstring. Always was ACL, ALCL, you know what I'm saying? Uh, MCL, NAACP, FBI, CIA, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, a SNCC, uh, you know what I'm saying? A CORE, a SCLC. It was always something. <laughs> it was something always with Sean Lee, man, you know, but he always had issues. So uh, I think it's the same way with Alex Azzalone. I think he's a really good player, uh, but. Man, you got to stay healthy. The best ability is availability. Uh, Brandon says, uh, TJ, how many sacks and quarterback pressures do you think Mark Marcus Davenport will have this year? I think Marcus Davenport, if healthy, will have 12 sacks. Okay, I think he's going to have 12 sacks. I don't know how many pressures, but I think he's going to have about 11 or 12 sacks if he stays healthy all season. I think he's going to have double-digit sacks. Pittsburgh will be the top D because they get after the quarterback because they blitz a lot and they cause turnovers due to the addition of Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, I think so. And uh, I, I know we all saw uh, the run that the, the Pittsburgh Steelers had once they acquired Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, from the Miami Dolphins in the middle of the season. They made it interesting, you know, but – and I really think that Mike Tomlin – uh, if they probably would have made it to the playoffs, he probably would have been coach of the year. Um, losing big Ben Roethlisberger for the whole year, um, almost getting a backup quarterback head taken off by Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph. Uh, he really did his best coaching job, and he does know how to coach some defense. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they do have a top defense, but I still feel like a lot of the players on the Steelers teams are get, getting up there in age and, 
there is a mixture of young guys like TJ White and crew, but it, it's going to take some, um, it's going to take some growing pains, you know what I'm saying? And they, and they got some young cornerbacks out there too. These guys still have to develop and the defense of the Pittsburgh Steelers is a little bit complex. So unless they're going to try to simplify for some of those younger players, I don't know if a top 10 or a top five or a top three is going to be in their future, but I think they're going to have a formidable defense, uh, you know, if they play this season. Nell says, can't wait to see you with your own show on ESPN. Just saying. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if ESPN is in my future, uh, but I, I enjoy doing the State of the Saints podcast. And honestly, I just like doing my own thing. I just feel like uh, when you start to uh, do shows on other people's platform, you have to kind of march to the beat of their drum instead of marching to the beat of your own. Now, I'm not trying to discourage anybody out there that have aspirations for working with ESPN. And who's to say, you know, if ESPN was to ever call me, I wouldn't answer the phone. But at the same time, you know, I'm not just looking to work for ESPN. That's not my goal. My goal is to give you all the best content possible and create my own lane. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like that's what people uh, need to do sometimes. You know, I, I heard somebody say, you know, if you are as good as, you know, you say you are, uh, is you as good as you want to be? You don't have to go out here and try to go after people. People will go after you. And that's what I live by. You know, I try to give the best content possible. I try to be as knowledgeable about the product, which is the New Orleans Saints, as I possibly can be. And, uh, you know, if if opportunity presents itself and God bless me to be in that position, then, you know, what I'm saying I will answer the call. But that's not my concern. You know, my concern is to make sure that I'm giving you all the best that I possibly can. So shout out to my boy DJ Hopkins, you know what I'm saying, laughing, you know. I mean, I know he's laughing right now. He's excited about his uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I get it, man. But, you know, y'all still y'all still got to play the game, man. This ain't mad now. We ain't simulating the season. <laughs> uh, if the Bucks O-line has improved from last season, Old man Brady could be in trouble or uh, could be in trouble week one. Uh, Cam Jordan and a healthy Davenport are real problems coming off the edge. Yeah, I agree with that. They better have them. Up, they better have them upright, you know, but I think they're going to come out the uh, off the uh, bench uh, throwing the ball down the field. I, I really do. I think they're going to really try to put the pressure on the Saints. I think they're going to do a lot of tempo and they're going to try to uh play ahead they're gonna try to jump in front of the saints and try to play solid defense that's what i think they're gonna do uh tj what do you think about darius guys arrest also pray for dalton hilliard and his family because of the death of his son uh yeah man um yeah we praying for dalton hilliard man for the death of his son uh i think that darius guys I ain't won't go there, but I think that Darius Geis is by far one of the dumbest individuals I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, I'm sorry, but I just got to call it for what it is. Darius Geis had the world in the palm of his hands. Okay, we all knew Darius Geis for being a backup to Leonard Fournette at LSU. A lot of people can argue and say that probably Darius Geis was better than Leonard Fournette in college. Leonard Fournette just had a lot of hype behind him, and Darius Geis didn't. Darius guys goes to the Washington Redskins. Um, never really touched the field. Okay. When he did play in preseason, he played pretty doggone good. End up missing on uh, the season's two straight years, two season ending injuries. Has an opportunity to be the starter for the Washington Redskins, 
got by far one of the greatest running backs in this generation and Adrian Peterson. You got him as a mentor and you go out there and throw your whole life away for right now for a domestic violence dispute. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. How can you be so selfish? How can you not think about your own future? And look, I get it, man. We all been there. We all been in situations where, you know, we wish cooler heads would have prevailed. But you need to think about your future, man. You need to think about the fact that you have an opportunity that people wish they had. Opportunity that people would pray and, and you know what I'm saying, and give their, their, their left foot, their right foot, their arm to actually be in that position. So Darius guys ruined his, his, his career as of right now for a temporary decision. And I feel like that's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Now he is young enough to be able to bounce back and I don't know, I, I don't know all the details of what happened, but you don't put yourself in that type of position. You don't put yourself in that type of position and cause yourself hardship down the line. You cost yourself money and you cost yourself your future, possibly. Not a very smart decision by Darius guys. I mean, that's that's just the way I feel about it. Uh, TJ, uh, did you and Real Talk Perez ever decide to do a show together? Uh, he's a diehard Bucks fan who talks out of the side of his neck sometimes, but I like some of his content. Uh, Real Talk Perez, uh, now nah, we never really uh talked uh and, and worked anything out. I think he had like an idea where you know you get people from all team from the NFC South. Um, I think we we're supposed to do something with a Carolina Panthers fan, but it didn't work out. And uh, we have to end up scrapping the show. I don't know what happened with that, but uh, I would love to, you know, be able to have, you know, conversations with them. I'm always open to talking to people, uh, no matter, you know, what team they root for, what type of platform, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm all about that. I ain't no, you know what I'm saying? I ain't big league around here. You know what I'm saying? I ain't like, man, I'm out here doing this and I'm talking to this person. Nah, man, bump all that. Look. We all started rather you have rather you have a platform, thinking about having a platform. Y'all gonna start out with one subscriber, no subscribers. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I you know, I know how it is when you want to start something or you're just starting something out. That's why, you know, I make myself uh you know open to anybody that, that does podcasts and stuff like that because I know how it feels. And I'll never be to a point. Well, I'm like, man, I got these many people, or these many people talking to me. Or, like, nah, man. We all started out at one or zero at one time. So, uh, DJ, you must be drinking or, or something. <laughs> oh, man. Nah, man, my boy DJ, man, he's just passionate about them books, man. Already uh, read that. Uh, is CD Deuce a W? Or L. Uh Elvis uh didn't don't like the name. I, I like CJ Garner Johnson as a player, but sometimes, man, I don't know what that dude be thinking sometimes from coming up with a corny name like CD Deuce and or even wearing a 21 Atlanta Falcon jersey, which is a big no-no. I mean, you could have came through with a 49er Dion. You could have came through with a Dallas Cowboy Dion or a Washington Redskin or a Baltimore Raven Dion. But a, a Falcon? I don't know what dude be thinking, man. I mean, I don't know. He marched to the beat of his own drum. I don't care. 
Your name can be CD Deuce, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh CeeLo Green. I, I I can care less what your name is. As long as you playing on the field and you you making some noise and, and you helping the defense, I can care less. Uh State of Saints, uh, check out my wedding joke. Uh I when you when you put a wedding joke up there, just if you if you put it up at the top or something like that, man, uh, I pass it up. Just just uh, repost it, man, and um, I read it. Uh, inevitable expertise. Uh, are you crazy? Uh, I don't know what that was about. Uh, Mike says I say thirteen and three. Mm, I don't know, man. How many opportunities you gonna have to be thirteen and three? I don't know. I agree, EJ. Uh, every time uh, we use that approach, dating back to Deuce and Reggie, we are a problem for defenses. Uh, shoe sprinkle and uh, deep watching, we will definitely keep leg fresh and dangerous. Yeah, I agree, man. We gotta uh, use these running backs, we got them. Why not? Why not use them? That's all I'm saying. Why, why not use some of these guys? Uh, Timothy Sullivan, thank you very much for the $20 super chat, man. I thank you, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Thank you, and, and thank you also, man, for your comments. You know, very interesting comments. And, and shouts out to all the new people that I see in here, man. Shouts out to y'all, man. Uh, welcome to the State of the Saints podcast. I mean, this is how we do the show, man. You know, like, you know, it's not about donations and stuff like that. You know, if you donate to the show, I'm appreciative. No doubt about that, man. Like, real talk. But at the same time, man, I mean, this is a, a close interaction podcast, uh, YouTube channel. You know, I read people comments, man, <laughs> rather you give money or not you know what i'm saying so uh, i appreciate the support that you all give you know the donations that you all send but it, it's not about that it's about the close interaction that i have man because you all make the show what it is and i appreciate that oh uh, we're not going undefeated now nah, we're not we're, we're definitely not whoever said that uh you know I, I appreciate the enthusiasm and the optimism we need that in the who that nation but i don't see that happening kc will be a difficult game uh, they have a lot of weapons on both sides of the ball. And not to mention, they got one of the best coaches in the league in Andy Reid. Now, we can't take that away from him. Now, now we cannot take that away. Uh, let's see. Let's throw down just a tad bit. Uh, Tim says, uh, I think Davenport and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson will be breakout stars on the defense. Uh, who else do you think uh, will make the leap that will get uh, the team to the promised land? That's a good question. Uh, who I feel... We'll make that leap. Um, I feel like uh, Marcus Williams is going to have his best season in the Saints uniform. I don't think that Marcus Williams is as bad as people say that he is, but I think that the addition of Malcolm Jenkins and his leadership is going to help him. And I think that uh, Marcus Williams is probably going to uh, shake those jitters, man. I think that sometimes he he gets into his own head, man. He, he causes his own demise. But I think that uh, Malcolm Jenkins is going to be able to settle him down and allow him to help him to see the field a little bit more. And it, you can say anything you want to say about the Philadelphia Eagles uh, secondary, but when those guys were putting that secondary together last season when guys were going down, Malcolm Jenkins was the one standard back there that stayed healthy, was on the field, and he had those guys in place, and he had those guys playing at a high level. So I think that the addition of Malcolm Jenkins, being a mentor to Marcus Williams, when you think about Marcus Williams, you think about a young Malcolm Jenkins, I think that he'll be able to help him. So I think that Marcus Williams is going to have a better season. 
Uh, Brandon says, uh, TJ, do you believe that Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and Traquan Smith will all have a thousand yards receiving for the season? Uh, no, I do not. Um, Brandon, I don't, I don't think that's going to be, uh, <laughs> I don't think that's going to be attainable. Uh, but I do feel like uh, Emmanuel Sanders and uh, Traquan Smith are going to be um, helpful to the Saints offense. Now, Traquan Smith, I don't know if that's going to be in a, a, a third receiver or fourth receiver position because I think Deontay Harris might emerge. But I do think that uh, Emmanuel Sanders is going to have a solid season. Now, 1,000 yards, I don't know. Uh, I think he might have like something like 850, maybe even 900. But I do think that the guy that the Saints are going to be looking towards and being that number one receiver it's going to be Michael Thomas, okay? So uh, Michael Thomas is still uh, the offensive uh, player of the year. Uh, he still had more receptions than any other player in NFL history in one season. So he's still on the team, and uh, I think that as long as he's on the team, he's going to get the majority of the passes thrown to him. And not to mention, uh, you still got Jared Cook out there and the addition of Ricky Adam Troutman, who is uh, going to eventually get acclimated to the playbook and uh, eventually going to uh, be a part of the Saints offense. So you got to take the, all of that into account. I don't see all three of those guys having a 1,000 yards. I, I really don't. Uh, Jared Poor says, I'm just having fun, man. I guess y'all, are we not going undefeated, probably 15-1 and one or 14-2 and two or 13-3, and 12-4, and 11-5, <laughs> or 10-6, and six, a winning season. Hey, Jared Poor, you just broke it down, man. You, you just basically – one, two, three, four, five, and six. Okay, they might be the one seed. They might be the two seed. They might be the three seed. <laughs> yeah, but I get it, man. You just you just want the Saints to do well, and ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Shouts out to Jerry. Uh, fact on paper, this should be um our best uh scenes ever. Uh, best season ever. I assume you're saying there, uh, Daryl. Yeah, I agree, man. This is going to be a very good season for the Saints as long as everybody stay healthy. People do their jobs. Uh, congrats on your marriage. Hope and pray for the best and you and your family because you deserve it. Man, Ramsey, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, like I said, we we take one, one step. God going to take two. So that's the way I look at it. Uh, thought I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, this. Y'all having a conversation. I'm trying to avoid like some of the personal conversations that y'all having and stuff like that, you know. I know some of y'all, you know, y'all be going back and forth with the conversations, but I um, want to try to see if I avoid that. You know, I know y'all be having conversations among yourself, but I also want to read some of your stuff as well. Congratulations on the marriage uh, to your beautiful wife. Here's a marriage joke. Um, I always share with newlyweds. Marriage is a three-ring commitment. First is the engagement ring, wedding ring, and the suffering. <laughs> you know, man. <laughs> You know, man, uh, I, I was, uh, you know, getting married on a beach, of course, and uh, you still had people out there that were on the beach. And um, there was this guy who helped me, you know what I'm saying? I was uh, walking and I was um, had my son in a stroller, I had Paxton in a stroller. And, of course, I got down to the sand, and, of course, I couldn't push the, the stroller through the sand. So this guy, he was walking back up the deck, and uh, he helped me. Uh, bring Paxton um, down to where the wedding site was and he told me he was like he was like you getting married and I was like yes sir he said let me give you some advice he said I had five good years of marriage he said 
and I've been married 35 years. <laughs> so, man, you know, people have been like telling jokes and stuff like that, you know, the whole entire time. You know what I'm saying? They've basically been telling me jokes and, you know, telling me what to, you know, look for and all that kind of stuff. Man, I don't know, man. I'm just taking it day by day. And I guess right now, you know what I'm saying? Like, shoot, I just, I'm newly married. So, I mean, all I know is the good stuff, you know. <laughs> Uh, that game gonna come down to the better defense, which is ours. Uh, yeah, I mean it's gonna be a tough game, though, man. It's gonna be a tough game. AJ said, "Who is on the Saints Mount Rushmore according to you?" Um, man, who would be on the Saints Mount Rushmore? Are we talking players or coaches? Okay, <laughs> it can coaches be on the Mount Rushmore too? Um, because if coaches can be on there, if Mount Rushmore would be Drew Brees, Sean Payton, uh, Ricky Jackson, Archie Manning, that would that would be, or you can you can swap Archie Manning out with Willie Rofe. You know what I'm saying? That that would be like the Saints Mount Rushmore to me. You know, as far as the all time greats, Saints. You know, this may sound ODD. But I could uh, live with us going nine and six. <laughs> uh, then getting—I I don't know about this—in the playoffs all the way to the Super Bowl with COVID nineteen. No team has an advantage playing at home. Who they? Uh, I don't know about all that. I don't know about backpedaling into the playoffs. I don't know about being nine and seven. I don't know about that. I assume you mean nine and seven, Bobby. I don't know about that, brother. You know. I just want them. I don't care. I, I, I'm kind of at that point, but I do want them to have a good, good position. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't want them to have a dangerous matchup, like going to Seattle and playing the Seahawks. No, sir. No, sir. Mm -mm. Or going to San Francisco, playing the 49ers. No, sir. I don't want that. Uh, TJ, me and Freeman going back and forth about who's the uh, better uh, peer back, Kamara or Jacobs. Uh, okay. Uh, right now it'd be Kamara, man. But Jacobs is a is a good, solid player right now. I mean, he's only going to get better. He's doing a lot of good things out there. We talking about the Raiders. He's doing a lot of good things out there. He's only going to get better. I feel like he got snubbed. Um, I feel like he got snubbed for offensive rookie of the year. We all know that the NFL and the media loves a quarterback. I don't feel like Kyler Murray had a better season than Jacobs. So, but I mean, he is coming on. He is coming on. I'm just thinking since the Saints would be a playoff team, I would have draft look at quarterback. Who are the studs who might fall to the pick uh to the pick 24 or 32? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know, but I do know that Sean Payton aren't isn't crazy. He is not crazy about um young quarterbacks. I do know that. So uh they might just end up getting somebody or even re-signing Jameis Winston or going with Taysom. Never know. I'm telling you now, I would I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints uh don't lose a game. Wow. I think they will devastate teams this year. I don't know about late, but I love the energy up in here, man. We got some true Saints fans in the building tonight. Okay. But I don't know, folks. I, I can't go that I can't go that hard. I think they're gonna lose some games. I just think that that's uh that's too much to ask for, man. Like, team's too good, man. Teams are too good. 
I knew the feeling I've been married for 26 years now. <laughs> uh, Breeze, Squillin, Rove, Jackson, or Coasting? Uh, yeah, that's a good Mount Rushmore. That's a good Mount, uh, Mount Rushmore right there. No doubt about that. Uh, Demetrix says, who that? Congrats, bro. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. Uh, Dwayne says, um, I think we will be 13 and three based on if we're forced, uh, um, to okay hard to sew up the number two seed for the playoffs. Well, man, 13 and three is just so hard to do three years in a row, man. I don't know about that. I don't know about that, man. Like I said, I just think that teams are going to be measuring themselves up against the Saints, and we all know that the Saints. Man, we know they they can't let you down now. They will let you down. I, I just think they're going to have some games that are going to be some heartbreakers like they always do. I like Josh Jacobs. He's going to only get better, but he's not better than Kamara as a whole. Yeah, not yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, Josh Jacobs is a good running back, okay? But he still has a lot of work to do. Uh, going undefeated is too much, but we're going to lose – uh, many games uh we not gonna lose many games yeah i agree you know we're not gonna lose many but like i said 11 and 5 is mine uh, inevitable says i mean i'm a true saints fan too tj since 1990 but i'm also a realistic one too it's hard as hell to go undefeated plus the league hates us <laughs> well i mean it is hard you know to uh you know run the tables there's only there's only two teams that did it you know uh the the Miami Dolphins back in 1972 and the New England Patriots you know which you know I still consider them going undefeated because they did go 16 and 0 in the season so uh you know it is hard to do uh Christ says marriage is a lifelong journey that thrives on love respect communication and patience it works for me uh well, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I mean, it, it takes all of that, I'm sure. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I try to be the best I can be. You know, I try to be as better than I was on yesterday. You know, I try to be better than I was, you know, two days ago. So I just think that, it, you know, it is about working together and communicating and, um, you know, really letting your significant other know, you know, what you need from them. And also, you know, being open to criticism for you from your own self you know what i'm saying or to your own self you know you gotta be able to be critical you know what i'm saying and understand like man i'm not perfect you know you gotta understand that too and continuously work that's why you know I, I don't live my life like i'm perfect you know i don't try to say that i'm perfect you know i'm not you know a person that just can't take criticism and sometimes you know i'm appreciative you know i was talking to my wife today you know, and she was having a conversation with me, man. She was asking me questions and stuff like that about a, an appointment that I had. You know what I'm saying? I had to go to the doctor. I mean, some of you probably know, you know, I'm a type 1 diabetic. And, uh, you know, I, I was supposed to go to, like, the pharmacy in order to pick up some medication. But it turns out, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, she's a nurse practitioner. She was asking me, like, okay, why are you still taking this medication if the doctor prescribed you this right here? So I was like, well, they called me or whatever like that. She was like, no, call a doctor. And I was like, oh, man, whatever. But it turns out, you know what I'm saying, I didn't even have to take it. Now, if she wasn't, you know what I'm saying, like, put, you know what I'm saying, asking me those questions or, you know what I'm saying, or if I would have just been fooling myself, man, I ain't calling no doctor. Man, I'm about to go up in here and get this. 
I would have been taking something that I didn't even really need to take, you know what I'm saying? Or, or getting something that I didn't even really need. So sometimes like the, the stuff that they say to you, you know, you got to put your pride to the side and be humble and be like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like I should have, you know, I, I can, I need to listen. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you got to humble yourself. So I, I, I learned pretty early, you know what I'm saying? On, on day one, you know what I'm saying? They, they, hey, I need to trust her. And <laughs> is she right? You know, <laughs> Uh, now this time, TJ, I believe the Saints are going to slay the dragon. I, I hope so. I hope so. I really do. TJ, besides us winning the NFC, or uh, who is your prediction to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I feel like the, the three years that Lamar Jackson has had in the playoffs, I feel like he's going to get better. I feel like the first year he was nervous. The second year, uh, I think that uh, – Teams kind of buckled down and saw he was going to do. I think that his third year, he's going to, the game is going to get a little bit more slower to him. And um, I think they're going to be able to get over the hump. I think we might lose about three to four, keeping it real. Yeah. I mean, three or four. That's, that's, I mean, that's realistic. Uh, Tim says, TJ, forgive me for not congratulating you on your marriage, bro. May God continue to bless this new union. Uh, I appreciate that. There's no problem, man. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for your well wishes. Nell says, last season I was thinking AK would try for a trade or something, but the interview kind of cleared it up for me at least. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people felt that way, Nell. You weren't the only person, you know, and if people say you were the only person, they lying. You know, I was one of those people that was skeptical. I don't know about no trade. I didn't go that far, but I I, I was questioning his, uh, his commitment at the time. But I feel bad for even, even thinking that now. Ramsey says, hey, TJ, do you think the Saints are comfortable with what they have as pass rushers, uh, which is why they haven't gone after Clowney or Griffin? Yeah, I really do. Look, the, the issue with the Saints uh, front is not that they're not good enough to get it done. It's the fact that the guys have been getting hurt and we haven't seen a, a huge sample size of it. So I don't think the Saints front is so bad to a point where we like, man, we got to get this guy. The only reason why we're saying Clowney right now is because Davenport has been hurt. Davenport is a really good, you know, really good defensive end. And before he got hurt, I mean, he was coming on pretty doggone strong. So I don't think that the Saints are looking at this as a, a, a really, uh, you know what I'm saying, a true need or what they uh, actually need right now. I think it would just be like, you know, I guess like something that they feel like, you know, is a, I don't know, like a dessert or something like that, you know, a cherry on top when they probably don't feel like they need that. Uh, D. Granger says, TJ, you must be older than you look. But marriage is a good thing. I make 15 years in September. Um, well, I don't know how old you think I, I am. <laughs> I don't know how old you think I am. I'm 34, man. I'm 30, I just turned 34 on Saturday. So uh yeah, I mean, I'm not a I'm not young, but I'm not old either, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I just got married, man. 34. At 34, your boy married. Uh, let's see. Tim says, who uh, will make more of an impact this season? Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston battle of the future? Well, I think Taysom Hill is going to uh, make an impact, Tim, because I don't see Jameis Winston playing 
Uh, I think that a lot of people get things kind of mixed up or misconstrued because the fact that Teddy Bridgewater actually played when Drew Brees was hurt. I'm going to say that again. He played when Drew Brees was hurt. If Drew Brees didn't get hurt, we wouldn't have seen Teddy Bridgewater. You know, we wouldn't have seen what Teddy Bridgewater has to offer, and I'm pretty sure Carolina wouldn't have signed him uh, to a to a deal. So I feel like Jameis Winston is going to be a clipboard holder, and I feel like Taysom Hill is going to serve as that Swiss Army knife and that RPO running, um, you know what I'm saying, quarterback that he is. So I think that if we're talking about this year, it's going to be Taysom. Brian says, do you think uh, Drew Brees – the best quarterback ever in Saints history. <laughs> oh man, Brian, you my guy. But come on, man. Do I think that Drew Brees is the best quarterback ever in Saints history? Oh, man. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes. I mean, that is the biggest duh in the history of Saints of Saints football. Like, that is the biggest, the most huge duh I ever seen in my entire life. Okay? It is the most. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, now. Is Drew Brees the best quarterback <laughs> In Saints history. Come on, man. Come on, man. Brian, you my guy. I love your questions. You're always coming through with the heat. I don't know, man. That was a, I don't know, man. That that one right there, man. <laughs> that, that wasn't one of your best questions, man. That wasn't one of your best. You, you, you be batting a thousand, man, but mm-mm. Of course he is, man. Of course. Uh, e. Jones says, over under on the Saints having 50 sacks this season. Um, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be over. I think, they, um, I think they're going to trump that. I think they're going to be over 50. Uh, man, but I, I feel like they're going to have a really good solid season. But, ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday, okay? And before we get up out of here, courts. We have got to name the worst quarterback in New Orleans Saints history. That's right. We have to name the worst quarterback in New Orleans Saints history. Now, you probably didn't check out the last two rounds that I did, okay? But we are going to decide between Billy Joe Hoven, Billy Joe Tolliver, and we're going to decide if Wade freaking Wilson is the worst quarterback in New Orleans Saints history. Okay. So I decided because it was the battle of the Billy Joes last week. Okay. It was the battle of the Billy Joes. It was Billy Joe Hobart versus Billy Joe Tolliver. Okay. And I felt like they equally sucked. So I decided to catapult them to the final round. No, excuse me. I'm not Wade Wilson. Danny Waffle. Danny Waffle. Okay, Danny Waffle is the third. Excuse me. My bad. Not Wade Wilson. He went up against Wade Wilson last week, and 
he made it to the final round. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are about to decide who is the worst quarterback in New Orleans Saints history. Okay, that is what we're about to do right now. So, first up, we have Billy Joe Tolliver. Is Billy Joe Tolliver the worst quarterback in New Orleans Saints history? Well, the answer to this question is no. Billy Joe Tolliver is not the worst quarterback in New Orleans Saints history because nobody expected Billy Joe Tolliver to even be the starting quarterback. He only became the starting quarterback when quarterback Billy Joe Hobart went down for the entire season with an Achilles injury, okay? So Billy Joe Tolliver actually came into the game, played a couple games, but he was a backup. Nobody expected him to play. Nobody cared, you know what I'm saying, about him playing. Nobody cared about that at all, okay? Nobody wondered, nobody wished that Billy Joe Tolliver was in the game. So on that alone, I cannot name him the worst quarterback in New Orleans Saints history. But I will say this, the guy sucked. I will say that. Next up, we have Billy Joe Hobart. Is Billy Joe Hobart the worst quarterback in New Orleans Saints history? I won't answer that question right now. But I will say this. Billy Joe Hobart was signed by New Orleans Saints to be a starter. Played okay. But when you have 23 touchdowns, 25 interceptions, when you throw more interceptions than you do touchdowns, when you have more completions to the Gatorade bucket than you do to Andre Hastings and, 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 and Jerome Payton, then I will have to say that you were not that good, okay? Now, there was some trash out there at receiver during this time, okay? And the Saints really wasn't good offensively. Mike Dicker was a disgrace as a coach. The biggest waste of space. Just a basically a guy who just stood on the sidelines and watched Buddy Ryan win him a Super Bowl and became a, a good coach for some apparent reason. So the Saints weren't really doing too much anything during this time. I mean, you had Master P signing contract for Ricky Williams. It was an embarrassment, okay? But Billy Joe Hobart, 23 touchdowns, 25 interceptions. That's some pretty trash stuff right there. But let's move on to Danny Wolf. Danny Wolf. Mm -mm -mm. I often say who that nation that I feel like Danny Wolf played in the wrong era. Okay. Uh, Steve Spurrier, who is known as the old ball coach, the godfather of the spread offense. The world wasn't ready for the spread offense during the time when Danny Wolf was at the University of Florida. Danny Wolf went college was a rock star he was the first coming of tim tebow he had the same type of recognition he had the same type of fanfare he was the face of college football back in the in the mid 90s but he ran a spread and nobody knew what the heck the spread offense was i say that i feel like if danny wolf played in today's nfl there would have been a place for him I'm not going to say he was a starter. I'm not going to say he was going to be good. But there would have been a place for Danny Wolf. 
Danny Warford was a fourth round pick of the New Orleans Saints, came to the Saints organization. The Saints thought that they can actually, you know, possibly get him into the game. And when Danny Warford actually played, he did not do a good job. Straight up 100% hot garbage. Okay, straight up hot garbage, a waste of space, a waste of time. Great human being, by the way. I'm not talking about him as a human being. This guy is wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in his faith. He loves the Lord. You know what I'm saying? He was one of the guys that was officiating Bible studies and stuff like that for the team. He was at church before the game. I'm not talking about Danny Wolfo as a person. He's a great person, a great human being. But as a quarterback, he was straight up 100% hot garbage. So the question is, who is the worst quarterback in New Orleans Saints history? The answer is Danny Warfel. That's right. Danny Warfel is the worst quarterback in New Orleans Saints history. Anytime a team drafts you, they feel like there's something in you that can help the organization, especially you getting drafted in the first four rounds. Okay. C.J. Gardner-Johnson was drafted in the fourth round, okay? Alex Azzalone was drafted in the fourth round, okay? If you're drafted in the first four rounds, a team expects for you to play eventually. Danny Wolfel never took the field. And I was like, dang, man, I can't wait to see Danny Wolfel play. It was an embarrassment. Danny Wolfel was inaccurate. Danny Waffle was shook. Danny Waffle was a sack machine. And I don't mean like he was getting sacked. I mean, he was seeing ghosts, okay? <laughs> In the words of Sam Donald, he was seeing Casper. You know what I'm saying? He was seeing the ghost of Dice Drill. You know what I'm saying? He was seeing them, them ghosts that was on Tales from the Hood. He was seeing them pixies, them little, you know what I'm saying? Have you ever seen Tales from the Hood? That's what he was seeing. Danny Warfel could not hit the back of a barn door. Danny Warfel could hit water if he was in a boat, okay? Danny Warfel couldn't hit a target if it was right in his face, okay? Danny Warfel couldn't hit his alarm clock if it was on his nightstand next to his bed. Danny Warfel is the worst quarterback in New Orleans Saints history. But I would love to hear from you, folks. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear, do you feel like Danny Wolfel is the worst quarterback in New Orleans Saints history? I mean, I got I got a few more that I can give, okay? You know what I'm saying? I, 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 can, I can say that Danny Wolfel, <laughs> Danny Wolfel could not. He couldn't, oh, he, he couldn't hit the beach <laughs> if, he was, if he was on Ocean Drive. <laughs> He could hit South Beach <laughs> if he was in Miami. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Give me a break. Man, I, I mean, come on, man. I, I, I got plenty more. I, I, I got a lot more. You know what I'm saying? He couldn't hit the shoe store if he was standing in full lock. The dude was not a good quarterback. Was not. Straight up hot garbage. Okay? Straight hot garbage. Elvis says Garrett Grayson. 
arguable, arguable, third-round pick coming out of Colorado State. Feel like the game was just too, too big for him. Never developed. How you got Drew Brees in, in, in your locker room? And you got a season like a season veteran like McCown, and you and you couldn't do nothing. Ernest said he won the Heisman. That's why. Well, Lamar Jackson won the Heisman. I mean, he he uh and he's a MVP. I mean, come on, man. I, I don't I don't feel like that's a I don't feel like that's a decided factor. I just feel like the spread offense, the world wasn't ready for it, and they didn't know how to use them. Danny was complete hot. Garbage. Absolutely right. Straight up hot garbage. Ernest says Aaron Brooks brings tears to my eyes. Yes, sir. Aaron Brooks, man. I, I look. He did some good things in the Saints uniform, but I, I still can't I can't roll with him. I can't roll with him. After what he said after Katrina, I can't roll with him. I agree with Danny Wolfel. Did you ever mention Gus Farrat? He sagged too. Oh, he sucked too. Excuse me. He sucked too. Yeah. Um, Gus Farrat, one of the only men I know that uh, gave, himself, <laughs> gave himself a concussion. Uh, but, I mean, Gus Farrat, I mean, he played pretty good, man. He had spurts. You know what I'm saying? But anytime you give yourself a concussion, I don't know. Archie was real good. He just had nobody around him. Yeah, I mean, Saints didn't have nothing. Saints didn't have no offensive line. That man was running for his life. And if he wasn't, like, elusive or athletic, man, he probably wouldn't have made it out alive. Yes, Wolfo was hot, dirty garbage. <laughs> Just like Dicker, the worst uh, quarterback and coach duo in Saints history. When Dicker was coach, I had... Uh, fell asleep because the Saints games were boring in the 90s. Look, man, Mike Dicker was a fraud. I say this every, every time I, I mention Mike Dicker. Mike Dicker was a fraud. Mike Dicker was, uh, what did uh, they say? Uh, you know, he was a, a sheep and wolf clothing or a sheep and wolf. I don't, I don't know how to put it, but he was a wolf act, you know what I'm saying? But he really was a sheep. There it is. There it is. He was a wolf. He was wanted to be a wolf, but he was, but he was really a sheep. This guy was one of those guys who um, just sat on the sidelines, man, and, and reaped the benefits of an elite defense. He didn't coach the defense. Buddy Ryan did. So I don't know why he just thought that he would just the bomb.com. I don't know why people just think that he was just this great coach. I never really bought into the hype of Mike Dicker because I just always thought he was a fraud. Um. Wait, what did Brooks say about Katrina, after Katrina? Well, Aaron Brooks, man, he was just being critical and stuff like that and, and all the things that was going on in the city at the time. And, I mean, he was just criticizing the facilities and stuff like that, and he talked about how he wanted to leave because of Katrina and stuff like that. He was just trying to find a way out. I just feel like leaders try to stay behind, and everybody was just trying to find – a, a sense of normalcy you know what i'm saying like everybody you know like and the saints was it and nobody even really cared that the saints had a a losing season because people understood like yeah y'all playing lsu and you're having a home game up in new york and, and stuff like that but come on man like come on bro you even if you you felt that way when you went home to your wife or your girl or whatever like 
don't allow the media to see that. It just made him look like a straight sucker. You know, like it made him look like he was a coward. That that's that's what bothered me. Like, come on, man. Like, you could have went out there and be like, you know what? You know, like, man, I know we're having a tough time right now, man, but we got so many people, millions of people right now displaced, and they're looking at us right now, man. Let's just go out there and do the best that we can. Something. But for you to want to roll up out of town because of the conditions and all that kind of stuff, like, that just shows me that you wasn't a leader and you was a fraud. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. You know, like, I, I just I, I just always have a bad taste in my mouth when I'm talking about Aaron Brooks. I, I don't have any respect for the dude. I'm sorry. I don't. How did the Redskins not turn into a dynasty where all those picks Dick, uh, Dick had traded to them? I have not a clue. Well, I mean, Bill Snyder, bad front office. We're going to read a few more and then we're going to roll out. Um, I'm, I'm so excited. We are 30 days away from the kickoff game. But who am I kidding? I only care about uh, watching Brady catch that L. He about to be kissing that turf. <laughs> I think it's going to be a good game, man. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout or nothing. I think it's going to be like a, a game where people on the edge of their seat. Aaron Brooks was the worst quarterback. He was garbage. Believe that. I won't say he the worst, but as far as his character and his leadership, he the worst to me. TJ, you remember Dicker wearing the dreadlocks when we drafted Ricky Williams? What a joke. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, man, Mike Dicker was Mike Dicker was his own biggest fan. And he came here like, oh, I'm about to save this. Like, y'all need me. Like, dude, you suck. Like, straight up. You suck. That's the reason why the Bears couldn't make it back to the Super Bowl after that. Like, the dude was a, a hypocrite. How you, how you criticize the team and stuff like that about guys doing endorsements and you had about eight, nine commercials. Like, the dude was a hypocrite. And he wasn't that good of a coach. He wasn't. Like, I don't know where this whole, I don't know where this whole moniker, like, Dicker was a, a good coach. He wasn't. He was horrible. He wasn't, he was not a good coach. I mean, I won't say he was horrible, but he was average at best. And when he was with the Saints, he was horrible. If you don't believe me, check out Butter Ryan when he left the Bears, when he went to Philadelphia. Come on, man. When he had Reggie White. And, um, you know what I'm saying, he had Brown, the, you know what I'm saying, the, the, um, you know, the defensive tackle that ended up tragically dying, you know, in a, in a car accident. When he had, you know what I'm saying, Brown and White, like, come on, man, like them dudes was like pretty doggone good. And then you had like a young Eric Allen, you had a young Chris Carter, you had a young Randall Cunningham, man, and you had, you know what I'm saying, like what, what Mike Dicker did after Buddy Ryan left? Nothing. So i tell you everything you need to know right there. Mahomes versus Breeze, week 15 in the Dome, must-see TV. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think it's going to be a very good game. I, I'm excited about that also. But, folks, we're about to go ahead up out of here, but I want to say thank you for checking out the State of the Saints podcast live. I really do appreciate that. And those that are checking it out on the audio version um, in the future, thank you very much as well. Uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Also, uh, Facebook.com, search Be State of the Saints podcast, uh, audio version available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio.com. If you have any questions or concerns, you can always inbox me on Facebook at the State of the Saints podcast or email me uh, at stateofthesaints at gmail.com. 
And also, man, like I, I ask that you all uh, join me on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Follow me on Twitter at State of Saints. State of Saints on Twitter. I'm trying to grow the, the Twitter page and stuff like that because, you know, I'm, I'm starting to tweet. And I don't know if everybody's on Twitter, but please, you know, I'm asking you all, you know, just take a few minutes and uh, follow me uh, on Twitter. Okay, State of Saints. State of Saints. So uh, we're going to try to see if we can grow the Twitter page. Um, because I mean, we're gonna be interacting. Like, I want to make sure I get opportunity to interact with you all during uh, the season. You know, like when the Saints games are going on, let, let's you know, let's be able to interact with each other. State of Saints on Twitter. So, thank you all very much. Have a good, productive morning, noon, night, wherever you're watching this. Like always, all I gotta say is, who that.